This episode was brought to you by the people on Patreon. Dave, Greg, Ryan, Dan, Ian Urza, Kevin, James, Ashley, Greg, and Pearl, Joel, Brian, Amy, Ian West, and Trey. Stick around for an extended shout-out at the end. Now on to the episode. Welcome to another episode of Father and Son Watch Horror Movies. I am your host or co-host, the father, a.k.a. Pastor Matt, and I am joined, as always, by my trusty sidekick. Jackson the Sun, a certified drive-in kind of guy. That's right. That's right. Typically what we do is we pick a movie or two and have a guest on, but not this episode. For this episode, we are talking about Joe Bob's first annual drive-in jamboree, which Jackson and I were uh, privileged to attend uh, at least a couple days at the three and a half day event. And so we're just going to give you guys an overview for those of you who couldn't make it there on what went down and so you can start planning to attend the second annual drive-in jamboree so uh, jackson we took off um on i guess it was what wednesday and um drove up to phoenixville pennsylvania and there were two reasons we went to phoenixville pennsylvania we wanted to see a location and meet a person so tell everybody how that went down well, yeah, so we departed on a 10-hour trip to begin with to Phoenixville. Um, well, so we got when we got there, it was dark. Um, we were driving through, and all of a sudden, we drive past a building. And both of us yeah. were like, whoa, we didn't expect to run into that unintentionally because we were there to look for it, but we didn't know we'd be driving past it to get to our hotel. And that was the Colonial Theater, a.k.a. the Blob Theater, where they shot the original, you know, Steve McQueen, the Blob. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of rushed up on us. It, it jump scared us, <laughs> which was cool. <laughs> and uh, after we went to the hotel, we slept we slept off the the exhaustion. I know my dad had been, just been driving for over 10 hours, so he must have been dead. Um, with and a we, crappy and the, rental car, which is... With a... It, <laughs> we can talk Enterprise, about this. Enterprise gave us a Ford uh, Fusion, and... Um, while driving and I was noticing that the steering wheel was shaking sometimes I was like what is going on here and so it was kind of stressful with pouring rain and and going downhill 80 miles an hour with a semi truck next to you when your steering wheel starts to shimmy um and I was like what in the world so it kind of had me stressed out and then I get home I wake up on Sunday morning I turn on the news Ford recalling 700,000 cards for <laughs> steering issues <laughs> Yeah, your power steering was going out while you were changing lanes and taking yeah. exits, which was not. And we were driving through the, the West Virginian mountains, and there was houses being transported on trailers. We're driving by them, and all of a sudden, drrr, your, yeah. your your power steering starts going out, which is never fun. Um, but uh, yeah, but anyways, the next morning, uh, we got up, we drove over to the Colonial Theater and got some great killer pictures in front of it. Um, if you uh, go would, to our Instagram account or our yes. Facebook group or whatever, you can see Jackson fleeing the blob from the <laughs> in front of the Colonial Theater. Yeah, we got a great picture there, and then we drove out to meet Doctor Shock, Dave Becker of LOTC yeah. and HMP, um, and uh, that was really fun. We introduced ourselves, talked about the plan for the next day, but uh, and then we drove up to Lehigh. Next, we actually passed through Allentown, and uh, I'm a I'm a big Billy Joel fan, so I enjoyed that. <laughs> I got some pictures of the road signs on the side of the way, but we got to Lehigh. We checked into another hotel. Uh, then at four, we drove down to the Mahoning drive-in for, uh, not the main event, but a very special event, a surprise to us, I think, cause we didn't know that he was going to be doing how Redneck Saved Hollywood until, yeah, you know, we should say this now, the event. We, it was held at the Mahoning drive-in in Lehighton, uh, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. Jackson said, there's a documentary about the Mahoning on Amazon prime, or it used to be, you can run that down if you want more, but it's basically an independent mom and pop kind of organization that relies heavily on volunteers and so we get there. there's a long line to get in we had uh because this was celebrating jackson's 18th birthday and his graduation going off to film school and so we bought very important mutant tickets so that we could get mm -hmm. in early and we go we're walking around the mahoning we walk into the refreshment area which is just a stone block and you go in but Let's talk about this first. First, we're, we're mm -hmm. there for like five minutes, and who walks right behind us? Joe Bob. But but Joe Bob, just surprising. He he. We were just standing in line, looking at the the posters and such, and then Joe Bob walks behind us into the into the uh, air conditioned projection, like the the place where they keep the film. 
And uh, we were like, holy crap, you know, there's Joe Bob. Uh, but he was going to sit in front of the fan because it was sweltering out. Oh, that day. yeah. We'll, was... we'll talk about that here in a second, because I do want to talk about the weather. But I and and this relate relates to Joe Bob and a question somebody asked. But um, talk about that refreshment area, those posters, the stuff on the wall. One of the coolest little cinder block places on the face of the planet. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, there was a wall of VHS and DVDs, and they were there. You could buy them by donation. So whatever you felt comfortable donating, you could take home a VHS tape or a DVD, um, which is a really cool way of doing it because you're not limiting the the amount they, they could give. You know, it's like it's like whatever you feel comfortable giving to them. If you want to give $100 for Halloween 6, yeah. The Curse of Michael Myers, you yeah. could. If you wanted to pay yeah. a buck for Jurassic Park on VHS, you could. Exactly. Yeah. Which is a really awesome. I've never seen anybody do that, but that was really cool. Um, and then there were posters from past events because for every uh, double feature they do, they make a specialty poster for that event. And you can buy they've got the they've got an archive of all the posters from past events. Uh, and like I said, while we were sorting through that and I got several and I'll have pictures of those posted up there. Uh, I got one of the fog. I got one. They did a a double feature of The Exorcist. And Poltergeist, which yeah. makes for a really cool poster design. I got that. And, of course, we had to get a poster of uh, Joe Bob's How Redneck Saved Hollywood, which has uh, Leatherface on it sawing the logo in half while Joe Bob and uh, and Smokey and the Bandit watch approvingly. <laughs> so, yes, uh, and so we got a limited edition poster. And so then we mm -hmm. go and we stand in line to meet Joe Bob. Now, these were only at that time only VIP ticket holders there, VIM ticket holders there. But we waited two hours yep. to meet Joe Bob in 92 degree heat, standing on asphalt and, and that kind of stuff with like 80% humidity. I mean, it was sweltering, as you said. But even though there really weren't that many people in line, and maybe there were 50 people ahead of us, mm -hmm. it took two hours because Joe Bob would talk to anyone for as long as they wanted, sign anything, take pictures. And so we're staying, we're, you know, kind of covered in sweat. And we're, we're sitting out there for two hours to meet Joe Bob, which we did. Um, but Joe Bob is 68 years old mm -hmm. and he sat out there all night long. Yep. He sat out there for at least three hours signing things. Then he did a show for three hours. Then he sat back down and signed people's stuff for three hours. Again, 68 years old. He's getting up and down for pictures. He's signing stuff. He's meeting with people. He's on for nine hours straight. I don't know how he did it. But um, yeah, and we have to mention and before we met Joe Bob. Always a smile on his face. Always a smile. He was happy to see everybody. In the middle, they interrupted him in the middle of talking to somebody to get a news story because they had just learned that the Mahoning was going to be saved. And he was cordial. He did the news story. Then he got right back to signing people's stuff. And we were we were second behind um, the people who were getting their stuff signed. We we're we we're about to meet Joe Bob. And who rolls up but Darcy in a minivan? Yep. She jumps out. And she's got the Burt Reynolds stash and outfit on from Smokey and the Bandit. So we were among the first people to meet uh, Darcy along with Joe Bob. Yep. And that was awesome. We got to tell them about uh, our trip so far, us going to the Colonial Theater. And uh, Joe Bob inquired as to whether it was open or not because insider sources told him it was opening soon. Um, so that was fun. Yeah, he's done events and there and he knows the owner. And he said that yep. the owner had told him they were opening back up, which they were advertising movies, but I didn't see any mm -hmm. I didn't see any people and I didn't see any showtime. So maybe that's just yep. forthcoming. But and we should say we found out like the day before we left that uh, the township where the Mahoning drive in is they were going to close the drive in down and mm -hmm. sell the land to a solar panel factor or a solar panel farm. Now, if you haven't been to Lehigh and folks, this is not downtown Philadelphia. Um, mm -hmm. There is plenty of space for a solar panel farm. Is there not, Jackson, there? Oh, yeah, there, there's plenty. Of, and there, there are open fields near the drive-in, too, that I saw. It's like, and, and I, this is probably where you're going with this. 
the Mahoning Drive-In is the biggest draw to that town of any business. And they were going to tear it down to replace it with renewable energy stuff, which I'm not, I don't have a problem with renewable energy farms, but right there, you're going to build it right there when there was, there's so a, much available and, space. And a place that there's a documentary about it. People drive from all over. People came from Texas, Florida, South Carolina, Louisiana yep. to be there at the event. They have this happen all the time. It's an independent business that draws in a lot of people. I mean, there were 800 people there and I'm guessing five, 600 of them uh, or 800 cars, I think. But anyway, all that, all eating at their local restaurants, all mm -hmm. at their local motels, you know? And so why would you tear that down? That doesn't make any flipping sense. But fortunately they announced because so many people had rallied online and called the township and so forth that they had relented and the Mahoning was saved. It was great news. Everybody was in cheerful. We saw the owner of the Mahoning walking around, and every single time somebody would see him, they go, congratulations, hey! And everybody yeah. would, would freak out, and, and Joe Bob was happy about it as well. When he got up on stage, he was screaming about how happy he was that the Mahoning was saved. You guys um, saved so, the Mahoning drive-in, is what he said. Yes, yeah. Yes. But and, we got to and, meet, we got to meet, as you said, Darcy and Joe Bob. And this is going to... We'll, come back around to the Facebook questions we got on our Facebook group because we've got quite a few, but uh, we'll come back to those at the end. But this kind of answers the question, could not have been friendlier. Darcy and Joe Bob were as nice as you could possibly imagine, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And they, like, like I said, and, and that is a gift. I mean, we, we caught them we caught them in the first third of the night, but still they had already been there for two and a half hours and they were just as cordial as you can be. We would have stayed and talked longer, but we knew what it was like to stand in line while somebody talked to yeah. Joe Bob. So we got in, we got out, we met with them, we got our picture with them. Um, and, and you uh, on, on that day, this was a, that this was Thursday evening. Yeah. I was sporting my land of the creep shirt on Friday. Yep. You were sporting your land of the creep. Yep. shirt. Double coverage. We wanted to make sure that land of the creep was represented every day. And of course, uh, we'll get to this later, but another person had their land of the creep shirt on as well. So we were really representing there, uh, which right. also kind of, also kind of answers a question, but we'll get more into depth into that one. Yeah. But so you um, got a limited edition poster and mm -hmm. Joe Bob signed it to you. How? He signed it a drive-in kind of guy, which is how I opened the episode. To Jackson, a drive-in kind of My guy. My first drive-in ever, and I was officiated yes, by Joe Bob Briggs. Jackson has never had never been to a drive-in, and his first experience at a drive-in is with Joe Bob. I can't think of a better way. That's no, the best way absolutely. to be introduced to the drive-in. The biggest screen on the East Coast was Joe Bob Briggs. That's the best way to spend, to spend your first night at a drive-in. Um, so yeah, that was awesome. And, uh, it started to get dark. We had gotten our poster sign. We went into the car and we listened to fiddling and, and bluegrass on the, on the radio. I'm pretty sure that, yeah, that DJ was having fun pulling out as oh, many redneck was, songs as he could. Yeah, he absolutely was. And some of them you recognize some of them you didn't, but it was a good time all the way through. And ironically, um, we had because our, we stood in line for two hours under the sun, Yeah, I had redneck the next morning. So yeah. <laughs> Yep, we earned those rednecks. Yeah, that, right. I think that was maybe that was intentional. I don't know. It's part of the experience. Is what well, you're your long for. hair helped shield you a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah. Uh, mine, uh, yeah, mine's a little too closely cut. But mm -hmm. so we meet Joe Bob. We meet Darcy. Um, I showed Darcy and Joe Bob the picture of you at the Colonial, and she's like, "Oh, cool," you know, and yeah. and all like I said, we talked to him about the Colonial, where we he wanted to know our names, where we come from, all this other kind of stuff. And so we got our picture taken with him and you can see that on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things really shocked us about Joe Bob's appearance. And by the way, folks, 92 degrees, 80% humidity. He's in full dress. He's got his blue jeans. He's got his cowboy boots. He's got a long sleeve red shirt. He's got his bolo tie. He's got his cowboy hat. But remember when we got up close to him, what we were struck by. His size, his gigantic size. He's a he, big dude. He is gigantic. He could have been a basketball player. He is. He was giant. You, you can see that picture of us with him. I'm like yeah. what? I'm six foot six one. He towers over me. You're about. You're yeah. You're just a little over six feet tall. And yeah, he's got at least four or five inches on his. He's at least mm -hmm. six four six five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and you would never a, know it from you'd never know it from watching the shows because he's always sitting in his recliner. Right. Right. Yeah. And he has also, we, I now know why he does that, because we saw that he has, I don't know if he has hip or knee problems. He has a bit of a pronounced limp 
Um, mm. Doesn't complain about it, though. No, As no, he said, did not. Sit, he did he not let it get him down. down. No, he sits down, signs everything, and then just hops right up, puts his arms around people and, and take all the pictures you want. And my gosh, it was just a joy. So sometimes meeting your heroes goes well. Yes, yes. It's, and, and with Joe Bob, I'd imagine you'd have a higher chance of success than with somebody like Tom Savini or, or Corbin Burnson. You know what I mean? It's like it, you, you, 100% you're going to have a good interaction. I still maintain that Corbin's a nice guy. He was my brother's <laughs> brother, your uncle Brian, my older brother Brian's neighbor for for many many years. Greg so would then, be different. I know, I know. He had a bad day. What can I say? Maybe something was going on. Um. So then we get in our car, cool off because we were covered in sweat. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you made the comment you used to run cross country, and you're like you felt like you had just done a run. I mean, it was just oh yeah, <laughs> yep. It, so, it sure felt like it. That's how every and of course. Horror fans, we've got to wear black. You know, that's that's oh, the yeah. that's the the national color, but doesn't really help. No, I had my uh, I had my Toxy Troma shirt on in the style of the Ramones, so it was black. And, uh, and yeah, it was it was. Too. You had your black Camp Crystal Lake tour hat. Yep, yeah. black hat, black shirt. I was drenched. Yep. But then we get in our car, and boom. Joe Bob gets up and gives, as you said, three-hour presentation, How Rednecks Saved Hollywood. What did you think of the presentation, buddy? I thought it was awesome. It was like the best history class I've ever had. He had clips <laughs> from movies. He had clips from movies they were about to show. And ironically, he showed the best parts from the movies they were about to show in the presentation. Yeah. Um, but it was awesome. It was, And you get a little taste of that if you um, have seen the last drive-in uh, episode covering The Hills Have Eyes where he's pointing at a map. He kind of does the same thing with rednecks and, and his How Rednecks Save Hollywood thing. I get the, uh, the impression that he loves cartography because he loves pointing at maps. But, um, yeah, it was really, yeah, really that, fun. That it, was like the first, like, 30, 40 minutes of the presentation is what yep. is redneck and where do they come from? And so yep. he goes all the way back to John Knox in the, like, 16th mm-hmm. century um, in, in, you know, in England and Scotland and Ireland and talking about where rednecks came from, where they settled, why they are the way they are, why they're such seen as troublemakers, you know, all this kind of stuff. And he goes all through this and then he jumps in to a presentation of rednecks in Hollywood going all the way back to like the silent era and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he does basically a history of rednecks in Hollywood. And he basically, tell me if I'm wrong here, Jackson, he basically ends the presentation, which I, I think we would encourage all our listeners, because he does this all over the country, not just at drive-in jamborees. Mm-hmm. I would encourage you, if he comes to your town, go. Whether you like redneck movies or not, go because it's so funny and it's so much fun but he basically ends his presentation one who what is the one group in america today that you can make the villain you can make fun of and you have no fear of any repercussions the namesake redneck the redneck two how often do we see these low budget or movies that hollywood doesn't even want to acknowledge they make but then they go and they make a fortune. And so, you know, Hollywood in the 70s may have been crowing over how great Kramer versus Kramer was, and it is a good movie, but it did not make anywhere near the cash that the uh, movie that they wouldn't even admit they made, which was Smokey and the Bandit. Right. Rednecks make good cinema. That's that's the the be all end all of the presentation. You can make fun of them. They can be the villains, and the rednecks don't care. They cheer for the people fighting the rednecks. They're like, yeah, we hate rednecks too. <laughs> there's always some red. A redneck knows there's always another bad redneck. So who cares? And it's absolutely. But it's he go covers all the movies, and he made one shocking statement because he's always mm-hmm. said that Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Toby Hooper's folks, not the 2003 remake, that Toby Hooper's 1974 classic, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, is the greatest movie ever made. But that's not what he said Thursday night. Nope. Which movie did he say is the greatest movie ever made? 
Smokey and the Bandit. He calls it the greatest piece of cinema to ever grace this earth. <laughs> I can't say I agree, but he he sold it to me. I I I, I gotta say. Well, do you know who's in his it. corner? I'll tell you somebody who's in his corner doesn't believe it's the greatest, but does believe it may be one of the most enjoyable movies ever made, and that's Quentin Tarantino. He loves it. Yeah, yeah. Those two should get together, do a screening of that, do a commentary on that. I would watch that in a heartbeat. Yep. So if you get a chance to do see, you know, his presentation, go do it. It's worth it. It's a lot of fun. It's funny. Um, and, you know, he even brings up some of the some of the movies you can't find anymore because they were considered so repellent like Nashville Girls. Yeah, let's not talk about Nashville Girl. You showed the trailer for that. And I was like, uh, there's a reason that was buried. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of want to see it. But anyway, uh, yeah. I, well, you talked about this and I, I think we came to the conclusion that you would be bored after the first 10 minutes. But Probably. it might be fun. It might be fun just to see a little snippet of it. I don't know. Probably. But it, I'm not so sure that after the movie we watched Friday night, you and I, you know, I, I'm not so sure that that could be much worse. But it, we'll talk about that here in yeah. a minute. <laughs> so we go through how Redneck saved Halloween. It is fantastic at some point he mm -hmm. needs to do like a blu-ray or something he needs to put that you know out where people who can't get to see him can see it you can see snippets of his presentation on youtube uh mm -hmm. but you really need to pay because when joe bob's not doing his last drive-in which by the way you and dave let me i didn't know this i'd always assumed the last drive-in was either live or taped like the day before yeah nope when's it taped it is taped, according to Dave, yeah. a year in advance, which is I, insane. And and really, honestly, pretty because like season three of the last drive and Joe Bob looks the exact same at then as he does now. So well, that shocked me. I have heard four months. I thought Dave said yeah. four months in advance, but it, it, it shot way in advance. It's not live. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons that Dave knew that is because Darcy basically told uh, Gilman Joel Robertson. That horror mm -hmm. movie podcast had won the Silver Bolo. Mm. And this was months before she announced it on air. I just figured she'd already made her picks, but no, they'd already filmed it. Yep. Well, so when Gilman uh, met Darcy and Joe Bob with his horror movie podcast T-shirt on, Darcy kind of gave a smile because they'd already filmed. And so H&P had already won the Silver Bolo and already filmed it. And so... You know, that I didn't know that, but they did. We weren't able to go Saturday. We'll talk about that um, here in a minute because Saturday sold out really quickly. Uh, yeah. And they were and Joe Bob broke the Internet when they were trying to get tickets. It took me about three hours of refreshing to get tickets for Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday was just like a breakfast thing. Um, Sunday was just like a breakfast thing. And Saturday was uh, the they taped. Uh, episode of the last drive in that night mm -hmm. at the morning yep. drive, which I wish which we could have probably come out in season five at this rate. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But so he does his presentation. It's great. You need to see it. It's a lot of fun. And then they took a break. Joe Bob went back to his table to meet people and sign autographs all during the showing of Smokey and the Bandit. Right. Yeah, we heard that as we were as the, and we so we were we were beat after the, after the presentation. Yeah. We loved it, but we had been standing out for three hours in the hot, and then we sat and we watched a three hour presentation in the cold. So we were we well, were it was, we were just, it, it was midnight, and yeah. we had hoped to meet somebody for breakfast the next morning. It's midnight. Yeah. There was going to be a half hour intermission, and then yeah. they were going to show Smokey and the Bandit. So it was going to be like three o'clock in the morning by the time they were yeah. done. And by the way, Joe Bob stayed at that table till three o'clock in the morning, continuing to he sign. Sure did. And yeah. so we, you know, went back and collapsed. We got back to our hotel, uh, made a couple quick stops, and got some water and all that kind of stuff. And we got back to our hotel at about one o'clock in the morning, and we just collapsed. We just, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and we slept late the next morning, so our breakfast turned into a lunch meeting and i asked the uh the folks at the hampton inn we were we were staying at where's a good place and they recommend a little diner about five miles away and so we go we pull in it pours rain as soon as we come in and a black bear uh right after we pull in a black bear crosses the road that should tell you about uh what lee heighton's like and how many <laughs> spots they could put a, a solar farm at um yeah. and we go in and we sit down and we have a, about a more than two hour 
lunch with two great people. Who were they? Dave, Dr. Shock Becker, and his wonderful wife, Jackie. Yes, 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 we yes. Sat, yes. We sat for, yeah, almost two and a half hours in a diner. We ate, and then we just kept on talking for like an hour, 45 minutes. Um, it was great. So many, we shared so many stories. And at the end of the, of the, uh, lunch, we had talked about so much stuff that Dave basically proposed co-writing a book of, of life experiences with you. Yeah. He wants me to write a book about my Hollywood stories. Cause I was sharing a lot of them. A lot of the ones that I can't share, uh, here because <laughs> I don't want to get sued. Uh, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I did share that one of the stories with the guys at Retro Movie Geek. So, Joel, if you're listening to this, you know what story I'm talking about. It has to do with Tiffany's 18th birthday party. Um, but I can't share that for many reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one, because of a, a particular slur that's kind of crucial to that story. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, Dave said I should write a book. I was like, I, I don't want to get sued. It's like, you know, well, but if it's true, I said, yeah, but I got to prove it's true. You know, yeah. and I mean, what am I going to do? Like that one story I told, what am I going to do? Call up Alfonso Ribeiro and Dweezil Zappa and say, hey, do you remember <laughs> this in 1989 when we were, can I get you to do an affidavit? You know, I doubt it. Um, so yeah, that makes me a little nervous. Um, so I'll just continue to share like the stories of like, running into Fred Gwynn outside of La Dome one night because he was outside smoking, you know, or, you know, just share stories like that or running into Ralph Bellamy from The Wolfman and Rosemary's Baby outside of an AMC theater in North Hollywood. I think I'll just stick with those stories that we share. Yeah, those are fun. Here. Those are good. Those are family friendly. Yes, those are family friendly. <laughs> so we had a great, great discussion with Dave and um, and Jackie and my goodness, um, if you've listened to horror movie podcasts and Land of the Creeps, you probably suspect that Dave is a great guy. That would be an understatement. Mm-hmm. He is a just he is just wonderful. He's friendly, funny, interesting, and and Jackie is a sweetheart. And my goodness, it's just they're a great couple, and it was so good to get to know him, wasn't it, buddy? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they we we hit it off so quick. I mean, we we knew them for like less than twenty four hours, and by the end, we really felt like fast friends. Yeah, absolutely. And they came with us that night uh, mm-hmm. for the Mutant Film Festival, the Amateur Film Festival that Joe Bob had had uh, personally picked these these movies. And uh, you know who's funny is the guy standing behind us in line to meet Joe Bob had apparently submitted a film and yeah wasn't accepted and. He wasn't didn't was appear sad. to be very happy about it because he didn't take a picture with Joe Bob. He just kind of marched off. We were standing waiting to help him take a picture, and he's just like marched mm-hmm. off. But Joe Bob was very kind about it, didn't he? He said, well, I'll take another look mm-hmm. at it. You know, like, he was very nice, uh, Joe Bob mm-hmm. was, about it. But anyway, so we go, we meet Dave and Jackie and uh, give them their tickets, and, and uh, we head into the Mahoning Drive-In, the four of us, and and uh, – Dave goes, you know, uh, we walk in to the refreshment area, show Dave the refreshment area. And who's sitting there? This, this was crazy because on Thursday, nobody was in there. It was just like the, the posters and stuff. But we walk in to show Dave, and Linnea Quigley is sitting in there at a table. Yep. And we didn't even realize it. We, we just walked right it up. Wasn't and, and my dad was like, it wasn't announced. It no. hadn't been announced that Linnea Quigley was going to be there. Yeah. And she was just sitting in a corner. We walked over and we were like, whoa, that's Linnea Quigley just sitting right there. That was so crazy. Um, and she had a table laid out with pictures of her that she would autograph. Um, and uh, and Dave did get her autograph. It, he had to explain to Jackie who Linnea Quigley was, but that was uh, kind of hard uh, due to her, her <laughs> roles. Don't, don't, well, don't show the, Jackie a Return of the Living Dead. You didn't get an autograph because the no. picture she had laid out you yeah. couldn't display at college or you'd get in trouble. No, I would definitely. Yeah, I definitely. And even if it was one of the more tame ones, I'd have to explain what it was from and then they'd watch the movie. So, um, yeah, that was it was fun seeing her. And I'm, I'm glad Dave got to meet her. Also in that room, I don't even know if you realized it. Amelia Kincaid was in there from Night yeah. of the Demon. She was also in there. Um, so two Night of the Demons uh, alums March, in yeah. there. Yep. Uh, signing stuff. So that was fun. And um, we both both of us had a look at the VHS wall, uh, which we, we a lot of people were. We we were kind of like How peeking over shoulders. Get to shop for VHS tapes next to Linnea Quigley. 
Not, not many people. That is a right. one-of-a-kind experience. Unless she, like, stops at your local Goodwill. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. As t- Which, uh, by, I was the telling way, you- by the way, yeah. hopefully Megan won't hear this. I had a crush on Linnea Quigley in the 80s. I Who could blame you? Who and could blame you? she smiled at me. Yep, it's like meeting uh, Stephanie Beecham on, on the set of that sitcom. That oh, wish yes. fulfillment for you. Sister Kate, yeah, meeting Stephanie Beecham on the set of Sister Kate. When I'd grown up watching her in like AIP and Hammer films, I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that was, that was a dream come true. That was wonderful. And so, yeah, the, and, and there were other people there that you recognized that I didn't. Mm-hmm. Was like yeah, there were a few YouTubers there. Yeah, so first of all, Justin Silverman from Cinemassacre, Rental Reviews, was there. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, he was, he was back in the tents. I didn't want to wade through the marsh to get there because it was that oh, night Lord, Friday. Would it had rained. Get, it poured yeah. rain. And literally to get to the tents where lectures were going on, and that guy was one of the ones yep. lecturing, you'd have to have swum. The people there had to mm-hmm. have soaking wet shoes. Yeah, it was a it was definitely a lagoon. It was it was yeah. something, and uh, I I only had tennis shoes, very perforated tennis shoes. I mean, <laughs> if I get a drop on there, it spreads through the whole thing and makes my socks wet. So I was like, I'm not gonna be able to do that because I'm I'm about to sit in a car for three hours and watch movies on the on the drive-in screen. But uh, it was cool knowing that Justin was there. Um, parked right in front of us was the Eric Butts. That's the name of his YouTube channel, who I know from the the famous viral video "Crying Star Wars Wars Guy," which is kind of a mean uh, label for that. It's just a, a Star Wars Episode Nine reaction that went kind of viral. Um, but he Seems looked, like a he's a really, really nice, nice guy. Yeah, really nice guy. He followed you on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he had, a, he seems like he had a great time, uh, at, at the drive-in jamboree. So that was awesome. And, uh, yeah. So I was like, oh, the guy from Cinemassacre is there. That's cool. You know, the next day I see on Twitter that James from Cinemassacre, the angry video game nerd, the guy from Monster Madness was there just walking around. So missed that narrowly. Uh, but, um, it's, there it's are awesome a that- lot of people there. I mean, there's oh, yeah. like a Appalachian small town there. So it was, it was easy to miss people. As I said, mm-hmm. there were like 800 cars there, plus people camping yeah. out. Yep. Yeah, people camping in vans and in tents. I can only imagine what it was like camping in a tent when that that horrible monsoon was coming down right before we, we left oh, to get were, day we, we encountered like three nasty storms in this trip. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was crazy. And, and with, with a, well, you know, a slight chance of rain, 20% chance of rain, but there was a definite chance of rain. It was, again, it was like a monsoon. But uh, yeah, so we we did all that. We we got to see the celebrities there. We got into the car, and it was time for the amateur the amateur film festival hosted by Joe Bob Briggs, curated by Joe Bob Briggs, if you will. Yes. And uh, they had a few technical difficulties in the beginning getting that sound, I guess, to sync up with the yeah. with the video because they were playing like amateur films. You know, it wasn't like they weren't playing all seventy millimeter or thirty five millimeter, which is their specialty. Right. Uh, they're they're streaming these. So they had some issues, but eventually uh, Joe Bob gets up to introduce the first short, the first short of the night, which was called Down Jersey, which oh boy. we both Let's really enjoyed. All, yes. all three of us uh, really enjoyed it. I don't know about Jackie, but uh, Dave, well, we'll talk really about Dave told me something about that here in a second. We'll get to that. But yeah, yeah. Down Jersey was like a maybe a 20 minute short film. Mm-hmm. And I think it's on YouTube, isn't it? it yeah, probably. I'd imagine okay. It, you can find it. I saw somebody had posted a link to it, but it's a short mm-hmm. film um, about uh, the legend of the Jersey Devil, and it's all set in one bar and on a on a stormy night or something like that. And and a couple like a couple with a British accent walk in, and it kind of goes from there. But it's it's shot very well. It looks great. Um, great set design. Yes, and the pacing is good. Some of the acting you mentioned, not great, but mm-hmm. not it's an ter- amateur short film. I mean, yeah. it's, you got to start somewhere. And it's uh, yeah, but we all agreed, um, you and I and Dave, uh, that we enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, it was very it, it didn't overstay its welcome. It was very fun throughout. And it has a ending, which you won't forget about. I'm telling you this. this It'll stick in your mind. And just the whole premise. You don't even know what the short is about when it begins. But when the premise of the short is revealed to you, you're like, that's awesome. That's awesome. How did they think of that? 
So, um, yeah, we both really enjoyed Down Jersey. I think originally my first reaction was, oh, you know, six out of ten. But I've lightened up on it. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, it's not on Letterboxd. But if it was on Letterboxd, I'd rate it three and a half stars um, because I, I really enjoyed it. Three and a half um, out of five, right, for people to yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I would be right there with you. Yeah, it was fun. And so, yeah, it was it was good. And Joe Bob would uh, some of the filmmakers were, were many of the filmmakers were there. Joe Bob would interview mm-hmm. them afterwards, kind of give them a pat on the back and and, and a hubby and a hubby. Yes. Well, yes, the hubby award, which is describe the hubby if you can. It's a hubcap. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a hubcap it's a- award. Yeah, it's a hubcap award from a classic car, and he presents it. I'm sure it's been uh, it's genuine silver, as provided by Yuki. I'm sh- I'm sure that 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 situation's going In on other with words, as well. Spray painted with Krylon silver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shh, we don't talk about that. Yuki works magic. Uh, but yeah, that was fun. Uh, so we heard him on the radio. He went into like the little radio booth um, and accepted that because they were having issues and it was raining. Uh, and so. it was lightning. Yes, lightning, a lightning storm, which was which was a concern, but fortunately that went away. But yeah, I thought the Down Jersey uh, experience was really awesome watching the movie, and it was also raining. There was rain on our windshield, and it was you could hear in it's, the movie there was a storm outside. So it it, it's it was awesome. pretty cool to watch horror movies with Joe Bob Briggs with a lightning storm going on. Yeah, in oh, the yeah. middle of the night, and yeah, they as you said, they had technical difficulties, so they got started a little late. They usually start around nine. It was probably about nine thirty before they got everything kind of nailed down. Yep. And then they go into down Jersey. And so, so yeah, we watched it and, and the folks, the way they had it set up, if you go look at pictures, you can see all these pictures on Twitter. There were so many people posting mm-hmm. that they had a stage to the side where Joe Bob yep. would do his show and do his, you know, stick. But when the lightning hit, he had to get down off there and go to the projection yeah. booth and talk because, you know, you don't want to be holding a live microphone when if lightning yeah. strikes. Yeah, that's... exactly. He's standing in a giant metal cage with a piece of metal in his hands, and there was a lightning storm. Probably not the best idea. With water but, everywhere. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. So he he went inside of the inside of the film uh, booth with the with the mic, and and the first guy accepted his award, the director of Down Jersey. So that was awesome. And then he announces that the second film is not only going to be a feature film. It is yeah. also the grand prize winner. So right out the gate, we're getting yeah. the grand prize Eight. feature film. Right out of the bat, here it is. Here yep. is the here is the prize winning film. Eighty eight minutes. Had never mm-hmm. heard of it. Of course, nope. they, they didn't announce any of these beforehand, so nobody knew what no. was coming. And these, mm-hmm. like you said, are either all amateur or independent films. And so then we get eighty eight minutes of Tennessee Gothic. Yes. Uh. Where do you want to start with Tennessee Gothic? <laughs> uh, I don't know where to. I texted Dave sometime during the movie. It, okay, it it opens up. It's listed as a horror comedy. It's on IMDb. It's yeah. on Letterboxd. You can find it. Um, Tennessee Gothic open is is listed as a horror comedy. Yeah, and it opens with a rape scene. It sure does. Yeah. And you're like, what the, you know, it, it's just like if you've taken the roughest scene from Mother's Day and put it right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what is going on? And so this young woman is being assaulted, physically assaulted, sexually assaulted. And she manages to get free, but she's beat up. An older farmer finds her wandering on the road, takes her home, cleans her up offers her room and board said if you know if she'll work on the farm you know she basically says she escaped from a cult yeah and so he says well you can stay here just do some chores to earn your room and board and you know you can stay here till you find something else and he's also got like a it's supposed to be i guess a teenage son but he looks about <laughs> 45 um yeah yeah. It's, yeah, it's like a 65-year-old man with a 50-year-old son. Um, but anyway, out on this farm, their mother's dead, and so it's just two of them. And so things, she stays there. They both fall in love with her. Uh, the only real comedy in the movie comes from a repellent local preacher. Yeah. He's just a scumbag. Mm-hmm. And I'd recognized him, but I could not find much on IMDb that I would have seen him. And the other two have basically done shorts and theater. And so yeah. 
And the young woman is is based in like St. Louis, and she does basically a lot of shorts in theater. So um, things start to go awry, and we begin to suspect that this young woman is not what she purports to be. And right. then, um, and she also has no problem taking off her clothes. No, no, no problem whatsoever. And therein is the plot. That is the plot. Nude scene after nude scene after nude scene, followed by horror, followed by nude scene, followed by horror, and then it's over. And followed um, by the repellent preacher trying to be funny. Yeah, that. Yes. I, I, yes. I, when that first nude scene happened, mm-hmm. I texted Dave. I said, well, that just went 90 Cinemax, didn't it? And yep. he messaged <laughs> back that, yes, it did. <laughs> yeah. And now we know why Joe, Joe Bob picked it. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, so it, it was unflinching, just just full on, apparently based on a short story by Ray Russell, yeah. um, who is a, a horror author. Uh, he did uh, X, the man with the X-ray eyes. Oh, um, so uh, if you remember that. I'm not, I, I can't find the short story anywhere. I'm assuming it's not as graphic as the movie because I can't imagine what that would be like in, in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'll read, the, I'll read the IMDb summary. How about that? All right. Tennessee Gothic. When a dim-witted widower and his teenage son offer a beautiful woman refuge on their farm, their living situation escalates from hysterical comedy to maddening horror once they discover she's not who she says she is. Hysterical comedy to maddening horror? I'm not sure I would describe it that way. Uh, Other than the <laughs> opening Gothic. scene, I'm not sure because yeah. there's no, there's, there's very little no gore in it. Yeah. That I remember. Uh, Was there gore maybe, in it? There at the end, yes. I don't want to spoil okay. anything. But there's something to do with, yeah. If you if you remember, yeah, it's on the poster actually. If you look at the poster, oh, the image is silhouetted. Oh, that's right. I remember yeah. now. Yeah, I remember um, now. But there's not so, a lot. Of it. There's that one scene, no. and there's the assault scene, and other than that, it, it really plays like, with the exception of the beginning and the end, it plays like a '90s Cinemax, like direct to Cinemax or Skinemax, yep. as we used to call it, movie. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very raunchy. It's currently sitting at a seven point four out of ten on IMDb from fifty-seven ratings. I'm pretty um, sure. 50 I have no doubt. Fifty-seven came from the drive-in from that night. Yeah, I'm. Yes, I would imagine, and the fifty-seventh is the director. But um, <laughs> I, I didn't hate it. I'll, I'll put it that way. I didn't detest it. It sounds like they had a good time working on it. It sounds like everybody involved, like I'm, I'm sure it was. And the director a, was there. And he's on all over Twitter talking about it. And um, but the funniest thing I heard was Dave texted me at the end. And after uh, Joe Bob interviewed the director, which he did and Mm -hmm. uh, gave him his award was apparently I hope this is okay to say, if not, Dave, we'll cut this out in future episodes. But (laughs) it's uh, Jackie looked at him and goes, are these the kind of movies you watch for the podcasts? (laughs) (laughs) She was just like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I was definitely uncomfortable. I'll put it that way. But um, yeah, I, I didn't hate it. You know, it's hard to make a feature film and it seems like everybody involved was, you know, really earnestly trying. They're all working actors. Um, there were some good moments that I think the reverend had a few funny lines here and there. Um, and uh, the, Ending shot was kind of cool, I guess, with the thing in the poster, but that's on the poster. I don't really know. You look at the poster, it says it says Tennessee Gothic horror-sex-comedy. That pretty much describes it, I would say. That's what yeah. they're trying Especially to Especially the middle. Yeah, yeah, definitely the middle. So yeah. um, check it out if you're, if you're interested. I'm sure you can buy it online on Amazon. But um, yeah, it wasn't for me. And and that's you know that's that's not just me being detested by it morally. I mean, I love Midsummer, um, which is it, it, honestly Tennessee Gothic makes Midsummer look like a like a PG movie. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so it's I'm not detested by it morally, but it just wasn't for me. Um, I definitely prefer Down Jersey. But we were pretty much beat after after Tennessee Gothic. We oh, saw Lord. the director accept his hubby on stage, and they talked about it a little bit. Um, seems like most of the crew were were Tennessee locals, and uh, and uh, the director comes from Nashville, so that was cool that it was a local production. Um, but uh, yeah, we saw the director accept his hubby 
and they were announcing that they were going to play another short film, but we were so tired, we had to travel the next day. So we drove out, we kept the radio on so we could hear them talking as we drove away, but Dr. Shock followed us out because, yeah, it was late. After a short and a feature film and lots of delays, it was late. So yeah, we went was, back to the hotel. It was about 12.30, 1 o'clock, and there were still yeah. several uh, films to go, and we were just like— He said he was going to go all night. They said they were going to yeah. go until dawn. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to be able to do that. I, I, I offered, oh. I told you, I said, buddy, if I fall asleep, just jostle me when you, when you want to go home. And I will just, <laughs> I'll, I'll just sleep in the car. And um, yeah. But yeah, you were wiped too. So that was our Joe Bob experience. Um, you said your favorite part was, was meeting Dr. Shock, getting to know him mm -hmm. and just a great, great guy. And so, but we Absolutely. do have some questions. Well, let's make sure we cover the questions from our Facebook uh, group. Mm -hmm. Some of these we've already answered, but we'll run through them. So uh, Butcher Bill, big Butcher Bill, uh, mm -hmm. asked a couple questions. Uh, what did you learn about Dave Becker that you didn't know beforehand? Um, that he married up just like I did. <laughs> uh, he's got yeah. a Jackie's a beautiful woman and she's and she's smart and wonderful. And so that's what I didn't know. And she lets him keep. And this is the thing I didn't know. She lets him keep. 10,000 DVDs in their house. <laughs> he really does have a DVD infatuation, doesn't he? 10,000 DVDs wow. and Blu-rays. Oh. Holy crap. That's something I learned because, you know, I watched his YouTube channel. He said in one of his collection videos, I probably got six to 7,000. Uh-uh. 10 to 11,000 now. So either he's been growing at an exponential rate <laughs> or he just didn't know he had so many because he mentions, uh, he mentioned on the he episode. He has to keep them on a spreadsheet to keep track yeah. of them. He's, he's got like a spreadsheet of, can you imagine a spreadsheet of 11,000 DVD titles? Wow. That would he be could, He could open his own video store. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But but he would never. He cherishes each and every one of those. But we were talking with him and uh, and uh, Jackie was like, you'll never watch those. And, and Dave was like, yes, technically, I cannot watch every single one of them, but I cherish them all anyways. So that was funny. Yeah. But the most the thing I learned most about Dave Becker is just, you know, how nice he was. You never know. You know what I mean? There's some people sure. that. You, you know, you just never know. But he was exactly how I imagined him. He was very, very knowledgeable and very nice um, and just had a great time with him. So that's what I learned about Dave Becker that I didn't know beforehand. Number one, he's got 11,000 DVDs in his house <laughs> hidden away from sight. Uh, we learned about his new uh, podcasting setup. He's got a really cool studio that Jackie built him. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, looking looking forward to hearing content from him in the future. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that's an awesome question, Bill, but I see you've got another one there. He does. He says, was Joe, and we pretty much answered this, was Joe Bob a yeah. genuine guy or was he there for the paycheck? We've answered that. My opinion, yeah. he was so enthusiastic. He was so friendly. He was so curious about everyone there, genuinely. I mean, yep. look you right in the eye, ask who you were, where you're from, all that kind of stuff. And... You know, on top of that, I mean, on Sat apparently on Saturday night, we weren't there for Saturday night, but on Saturday night, he apologized on Twitter for leaving, quote unquote, early at 4.30 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. And as we mentioned, 68 years old, he's staying up until almost 5 a.m., and then he apologizes for that, like he like he wanted to stay longer. Holy crap! And then he is going to start he's going to start early in the morning on Sunday. So he yeah he he has serious dedication. And like he said, he asked about where everybody was from, and that's because he's been all over. He's seen it all. He's he's performed there probably. He's probably done the red, how Redneck Saved Hollywood there. But um and yeah and also you know he's the mutant king. That's how you sum it up. He is the mutant king. That's what I put on our all photo. the drive-in mutants. All hail the mutant king! Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Christine asked, he's, he's seriously, ahead. I just want to say he's seriously devoted to film and the drive-in in general. That's not just a shtick. That's not just part of the Joe Bob character. He seriously cares about film and the lovers of film. Yes, he does. I think that came across. So Christine asked any push for LOTC as the best podcast. Sorry to hear that uh, they lost out last time. Oh yeah. We were, we were representing, we met, you know, um, when I met, um, Joe, Bob, and Darcy. I was wearing my Land of the Creeps podcast yep. shirt. We got pictures taken. I mean, yeah, and Jackson walked all over Friday with his Land of the Creeps shirt. And who else was wearing a Land of the Creeps shirt? You teased this Dave earlier. Becker. Yep, Dave one of the, the co-hosts of, 
one of the co-hosts of Land of the Creeps was also de- there um, with with representing. Um, so yeah, so it was it was uh, definitely represented. We didn't go up to Joe Bob and say, you know, the last drive-in should be a silver bolo winner because well, and also, we you know, we, they, we, they film we, in advance. So. Well, they film in advance and pretty much Darcy picks those. Yeah. Yeah. And she so, had just gotten there when we were talking to Joe Bob. I mean, literally, as you said, she just she walked in the booth right when we were just introducing ourselves to Joe Bob. Yeah. But yes, she saw the shirt. They saw the shirt. So, so as far as we know, I mean, as far as we know, Land of the Creeps could have already won for season four. We have no idea. Knows? Yeah, we have um, no idea. I but, think they're uh, actually we'll filming out. season four right now. I, I think the drive in show was probably like the last one for season four. I think that'll probably yep. be the, the episode to end it for season four. So Brian Scott asked a couple of questions. He asked, uh, and we love Brian was Darcy on her phone 24 seven because she's amazing at responding on Twitter. She either likes or responds to almost all posts. I notice. she's awesome, but I don't know how she does it. Well, when we saw her at the booth, no, I mean, she was, she was talking to uh, because she had just gotten there. So she was talking to some of the volunteers and everything about the setup and what she needed to do. And and then she talked to us for a few minutes. And so she didn't even crack open her phone. The only time I ever saw her on her phone, because on Friday we saw her walking around in her red gown and all mm-hmm. kind of stuff. The only time I ever saw her on her phone um, were pictures taken by people and put on Twitter for Saturday when they did the live show and she's on her phone. But other than that, I didn't yeah. see her on her phone. Yeah, I saw her taking pictures of people's outfits and costumes, and somebody proposed to her for prom. They brought a prom oh, board yeah, asking right. Darcy to prom. prom. Yeah, yeah. so she, she was taking pictures of all the cool stuff she saw. But other than that, yeah, she was... I, I'm sure that while the movies were going, she was fielding stuff on Twitter. But um, yeah, she was... Um, she wasn't she wasn't consumed by her phone as all, as most of the young people are you know she was uh she was very engaged with people there but um yeah it do, it doesn't mean that she was neglecting twitter she was just she was she was occupied by by the drive in she was talking to people yeah and so yeah. and the other cool thing i have to say this um she direct messaged me um about a week or so ago I had tweeted uh, something along the lines that we would be at the drive-in jamboree that was your 18th birthday uh, present and also your graduation present. And she saw that and sent me a direct message, said, do you need more tickets? Do you need anything else? And I said, no, no. I said, I think we're good. Um, And I I said, but I told her that story. I said, yeah, you, you had a choice between going to see Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Joan Jett, and, and was it Poison, I think? Um, yep. in Cincinnati, which ended up getting canceled anyways, and or going to drive in Jamboree. And I said, you chose this. And she sent a message back and her message was all dot, dot, dot. He made the right choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it so, turns out I did. You did. So Brian Scott also asked, uh, did Joe Bob in any of his speeches talk mostly horror or just movies in general? He has a wide swatch of movie knowledge in a lot of genres, I believe. And yes, he did, Brian. We just talked about he talked about the redneck genre, going back to the silent era and how they were depicted and everything up and through. Um, the funniest thing he did, I will I will go ahead and spoil this for um, how Redneck Saved Hollywood was. Jackson, you can talk about this. What is his opinion of Forrest Gump versus Sling Blade? Oh, yeah, this was this is a, a controversial moment of the night. <laughs> He 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 showed the the two versions of redneck movies. You either have the the family film of a charming savant from the South, Forrest Gump, or you have Sling Blade, which is uh, from the clip. I've never seen it. You have, and you love it. I have. I love it. But yeah. uh, from the clip, seems very harrowing. Um, it's and, dark. Uh, he made the claim. He made the claim that Sling that Forrest Gump sucks and that Sling Blade is awesome. <laughs> yes. And uh, he actually I don't necessarily... used the F word to say F Forrest Gump is yes. what he said. Yeah. Yes, he did. Um, which is yeah. If you know Joe Bob, I mean that's no surprise. I mean he he's yeah. very opinionated. But um, I don't necessarily agree that that uh, Forrest Gump is is terrible. But from the clips he showed. He did make a point. <laughs> he did make a point about how Hollywood sees rednecks. There are two extremes. And um, yeah, that was fun. But uh, yeah, he talked about every he, he talked about musicals in the thing about 60s musicals. Yeah, he did. Um, 
So, yeah, he, he covered everything. Every medium that Rednecks could be in, he pretty much covered it. And I have heard him on, uh, I think it was Joe Dante's podcast, how the movies that made me, where he talks about his growing up loving the musical County Fair. So, yeah, he's, yeah. and of course, he was a professional film critic. He took the persona, <laughs> Joe Bob Briggs, in order to review cult films while he reviewed other films uh, under his real name. And mm-hmm. so that that's where that came from. But yeah, so he knows film, period. Yeah, he knows it all. And he's been reviewing films since the 70s. So, mm-hmm. And I mean, for goodness sakes, he was in Casino. He was in Scorsese's Casino. So he, he was. Yeah, he knows all about movies that aren't horror. Yeah, he and Martin Scorsese are friends. They had a mm-hmm. great conversation about women in prison movies. Um, <laughs> last question from Brian Scott. He says, was the horror fam as nice in person as they seem to be online. It feels like a real sense of community where I picture you could chat whore with any person there anytime. What you say, Jackson? I say absolutely. It was certainly an interesting crowd uh, standing in line for, for waiting to meet Joe Bob. I heard about, and this one stuck out to me, I repeated it several times, Dan Aykroyd's Nothing But Trouble was discussed in line once. Yes, I heard it was. that. Everything from Nothing But Trouble to Pieces to Hellraiser 4. Anything you can think of. You don't hear these in normal conversation. You, you're not just going to walk through a Walmart and hear about Pieces or Slumber Party no, Massacre. That's right. These we are things a, you're only going to hear at a horror convention. We had a guy in front of us who was saying mm-hmm. that, ha- that Hellraiser 4 was more of a Hellraiser movie than Hellraiser 3. And he was arguing... Right. Yeah, but no, everybody was super nice. There were no problems when mm-hmm. the bad storms came in uh, on Saturday night, when or Saturday and Saturday night when we weren't there, and wiped out basically anybody in a tent. People were volunteering to take them in. There, there was no trouble. There was no nobody was drunk and abusive. Nobody was. Everybody was cool. Everybody was chill. It, everybody was wonderful. Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and and um, people were offering to take pictures of people. People are holding people's place in line when we're waiting to meet Joe Bob. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, we've said this for a long time, you know, like horror movies, um, even though they seem graphic and and taboo, the people that like them are usually very supportive of the other people because it's such a niche, uh, such a niche demographic, you know, so. Um, yeah, definitely felt that they were the nicest people and, uh, Joe Bob certainly appreciated the energy. People were laying on the horn and, and flicking their lights on and off and applause after every single thing. So yeah, it it was an awesome crowd. Um, and, and again, I said this for also on Twitter, they're the only community of people on Twitter that are any good. (laughs) They're, they're consistently (laughs) supportive rather than the alternative, which is every single other fandom. Yeah. Yeah. So the only the last question we have is from Dave, Dr. Schockbecker, who asked, you know, how long <laughs> it took for us to dry off after he spilled water on us. OK, th- th- it, you did. The water didn't reach us, Dave. You know that we were fine. <laughs> he got a spilled a glass while we were uh, eating lunch, a glass of water. We caught it in time. I'm used to it. I'm used mm-hmm. to it for a number of reasons. Uh, one, my puppies or my wife's puppies are always trying to jump on the table and knock over or whatever they can. <laughs> Actually, they go after the coasters. They're trying to drag. They're trying to grab the coasters with their mouths, and they ended up knocking stuff everywhere. So that happens all the time. Two, my wife does it all the time because she talks with her hands. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, and so did Dave. He was getting he was getting very very passionate about something. I don't remember what he was talking about yeah. in that scenario, but. But yeah, and now we can imagine him when he's podcasting, talking about things. We were talking, listening to Land of the Creeps on the way up. That's another thing I forgot to mention. On our way up on Wednesday, we were talking, we were listening to the Land of the Creeps Bullies episode and Horror Movie Weekly's uh, episode about his house. Um, yep. That was a lot of fun. But with Land of the Creeps, uh, Dave really loved this movie, uh, Boarding School. And when he was uh, read negative oh, reviews by Greg Mortis, he was getting very, very passionate in defense of boarding school. And I can only imagine what it looked like in his studio and waving his hands around and everything. <laughs> that that would have been great to see. Now I kind of wish they would record the video recordings of Land of the Creeps. Granted, that'd be a six hour long video to edit, but um, <laughs> I think it'd be worth it. Oh, man. All right, guys. Well. Those are your questions. Anything else you want to talk about, Jackson, before we uh, sign off and uh, start looking forward to future episodes? 
the thing that struck me the most about this whole this whole experience was the tenacity, the the um, the persistence of the drive-in as a medium. We, I mean, what was it? Seventy-two years that the Mahoning the has Mahoning been around. The Mahoning has been around seventy-two years. Yeah, they are still working with nineteen forties projection equipment, and they're still playing thirty-five millimeter, which is all but dead everywhere else in the world. I mean, even the drive-ins that opened up during the yeah. pandemic or that were it's still like, open. It's like it and the new Beverly. Mostly digital right? projectors. What'd you say? Yeah, I said it's it's basically the Mahoning and Quentin Tarantino's The New Beverly. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. The new, the new Beverly is, is for the indoor theaters, and the Mahoning is outdoor. They're the last bastions of, of hope for, for film nerds. And um, it's just... It was so encouraging to see all these people rally together, not only save the Mahoning, but use it to its full uh, its full benefit. You know, they, we went all out on that weekend. Um, Joe Bob had a great time. The people that owned the Mahoning had a great time. And I'm sure the filmmakers had a great time when seeing their movies up on the Mahoning, uh, the Mahoning screen. So, yeah, it was it was such an awesome event. Um it was it was a real journey getting there, but I think it was worth it. It it was awesome, and uh, it, it served as not only a, a way to watch movies on the big screen, but it was a a meetup for horror creators. It was a film festival. It was a horror convention. I mean, it was everything. Um, all and in we one. didn't even mention like the props they had out. They had a yeah. they had a guy out there cosplaying, doing chopping up people. They had a yep. another one where you could stand in front of a still, a huge still of the ant from them and stand from in them. sand and get your picture taken. Right. And I mean, it's just some great, great stuff. So I can tell you this much, Horror Fam. Um, if there's going to be a second annual drive in jamboree, if it's at the Mahoning, Make it there. Go. Make the yep. trek. I won't be driving next time. I'm not driving through the West Virginia mountains in a <laughs> rental car again. I, next time we fly. I told Jackson, you know, he'll be in Lynchburg. I'm here close to Huntington, West Virginia. We'll meet each other in Charlotte and we'll fly together to Philadelphia and we'll just drive the hour, hour to Lehigh Eaton and uh, to go to the drive in. But yeah, I'm not doing the 10 hour drive again. But next time we'll fly. But I'm telling you, it is worth the trek, is it not? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't even that that the write up was was rough, but it not really in comparison to what we got out of it. Absolutely worth it. Yeah. And um, and we saw people with vans that were saying Joe Bob or bust, you know, on their way. Yeah, oh, so yeah. You can tell that they they had been making a road trip out of it. Definitely. That that was fun for them. So well, it's like I said, there were just, people there. Joe Bob said there was a guy there who drove from southern yep. Louisiana. Southern Louisiana. I can't even imagine that was a true redneck. He was a true yeah. Cumberland Presbyterian. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, Got to see the presentation. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, that's a little a little inside joke. But um, yeah, so definitely check out how Redneck Save Hollywood. Definitely attend uh, the second annual uh, drive-in jamboree if that's organized. Um, yeah, and and check out the Mahoning Drive-in. If you look on the website and you see that they're doing a double feature of of a movie you love. Check it out. I think it's definitely worth it. You'll you'll have a great experience. Bring some friends and and make it make a weekend out of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Completely agree. So, all right, folks. I think that's it. We just wanted to check in on on our trip. We were, it was a bummer because Greg and Pearl wanted to be there, but they just couldn't at the last minute. They just couldn't make it work. Nathan Bartleball wanted to be there. He just couldn't make it work at the last minute. Ian West couldn't make it. Um, but a lot of people wanted to come. Hopefully I started talking to some podcasters said, we need to have uh, a meetup. We need to have an H and P L O T C father and son, watch Horror, phantom galaxy on and on and on. We need to just retro movie geek. We need to make a, a meetup happen somewhere on the East coast and just get together, you know, at some point. So if we plan that a year or so ahead, I think we can make that happen. And if that does happen, we'll let you guys know, because we would love for you to be there as well. So I think that's it. Jackson, say goodbye to good people. Uh, goodbye. And remember, keep that dial at 89.3. Uh, well, I guess that, that requires some explaining. You know what? No, never mind. Visit the Mahoning and you'll find out. That's right. That's right. All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks you. Thanks to all the Patreon supporters out there, all of our supporters over at patreon.com, father and son, which or you can become one for as little as $2.50 a month. 
Jackson's only three, four weeks from now. You head off to college for real, not online college. You go yeah. go to your dorm room and uh, and you have a film class this fall. So you could help help him with that. And so, folks, until next time, remember, the family that watches horror movies together slays together. See ya. Once again, I want to thank the great people over on Patreon, Dave Becker, Greg Bench, Ryan Bratton, Dan George, Ian Urza, Kevin Corby, James McFeeders, Ashley Pinkard, Greg Amortis and Pearl from OOTC, Joel Robertson, Brian Scott, Amy Swan, and Trey Whetstone. Thank you all so much. You make this podcast possible. Friday, March 29th, opening night of The Last Drive-In, the series on Shudder, starring me, Joe Bob Briggs, doing more of that freaky stuff you love. A double feature every week hosted by Joe Bob Briggs, written by Joe Bob Briggs, directed by Joe Bob Briggs, produced by Joe Bob Briggs. I'll be working the camera, I'll be working the sound. Special effects by Joe Bob Briggs, lighting by Joe Bob Briggs, with a special appearance by one or two guests who will be fascinating, not for their intrinsic value as people, but because they're being interviewed by Joe Bob Briggs, me, kicking ass on the last drive-in, the series. I'll be kicking so much ass, I'll probably kick my own ass.